well, I can be a bit of a C word. Bit of a, a bit extra. <laughs> and when I say C word, I actually mean Christina. I can be a Christina. You are now tuned in to drink this podcast. Matt and Paul G. Chatting top quality, you know they always got a free talk policy. Guests speak honestly, no apology. Full spectrum from politics to comedy. Please listen responsibly. A few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew and the crew getting wobbly. No matter this, the park place of podcast monopoly. Drink this podcast gossip when the numbers are turning over right now (laughs) the numbers are counting up okay okay you can't you can't say that shit okay that's that's how we all get fired cheers i'm actually impressed i've been able to maintain this show for as long as i have and not like some really fucking weird shit has been said on this show (laughs) like weird shit and if anybody that was older than 30 had hired me and known what a podcast was, I, pff, they would not have... Wouldn't have flown. ...continued to employ me. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. All right. I will try to uh, to keep that at a minimum. No, no, it's fine. So, like, <laughs> I've also rolled in two Red Deer on a Workday to meet Matt, and he's listening to my podcast as he pulls up in the van. I'm like, not going to lie, dude. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is a bit this is a bit weird like you could put on like this american life just to pull into the parking lot just saying yeah sometimes i think i i thank my employees as well for uh i'm sorry i think no my... no it's cool just adjust tilt it down slightly tilt it down sit. Like what I always tell people I'm is tra- sit relaxed. comfortably, yeah, right? And then move the microphone okay. to you. Like, right. cause like so many Perfect. people like sit no. up and then put it here and then they're no. Like, here. And no, it's just, I guess like, yeah, you just gotta be chill. Giving a blowjob. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just gotta chill. Whatever, whatever you, you want to call it. You gotta let it come to you, right? Yeah, you yeah, sit exactly. back and let it come to you. You just <laughs> generally know what happens in my life. <laughs> happens in my life normally <laughs> you know i'm all about going to life but i guess in this case you can let it come you to can you. let it come to me okay yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> um welcome to drink this podcast we're the edmonton based podcast where we celebrate good drinks and good conversation my name is matt uh joining me today uh like I want to say slightly impromptu, but not really, because like I was prepared for this shit. I got a DM that was like maybe drunk podcast, and I'm like, yes, queen. <laughs> um, so I set up the mics in advance, but we don't really have a plan. I guess we never have a plan. Um, but joining me today is uh, noted beer aficionado, uh, immigrant. Are you an immigrant? Uh, not officially. As of this year, like I probably should have put my papers in a long time ago, but I was kind of busy doing other yeah. shit. But yeah, I'm, I am coming up to almost five years in August being a permanent resident. So this year I it, I have to put in my citizenship or I have to go or through the whole... Leave. I just No, I don't have to leave. I just have to like get another permanent residency card. I mean, the difference is between voting or not voting. So, you know, maybe I just want to oh, kind of, yeah, shit. maybe I just want to grate on a few people by being saying, hey, you know what? I can, I fucking, can fucking vote vote. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, noted Australian <laughs> import. There we go. Uh, I, I like that import. Cause we'll import, actually like, like for once. Fosters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you kind of think it should be there, but not really. <laughs> actually Australian for beer. Yeah, uh, Christina, say hello, Christina. Hi, hi, Christina. Christina was on a show that I produce uh, called the Alberta Craft Beer Guide Book Guide Cast. Alberta Craft Beer Guide Cast, uh, hosted by a friend of the show and uh, theme theme song composer Andrew, uh, and she talked briefly about like living in Australia and deciding to move. And like m- briefly, just casually mentions like I had this house full of antiques. Uh, and I sell them all. I'm like, wait, what? What? That's the story. And you just right over it. So, like, what I want to hear about is you had a house full of antiques. I um, have a um, sick little penchant and desire um, for 
little town thrift stores. Uh, we call them op shops in Australia, yes. opportunity shops. Yeah. Um, Ooh, and I, I like love that. going into, uh, especially in little towns, because a lot of people yeah. don't know what they have. And they have all this like really cool old shit. One of the things I've got a little bit of a. Um, uh, a thing for is like old irons. You know the old irons that they would have put on the hot coals? Oh, yes, 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 totally. I used to have a collection of those. We had one. It, so I lived in this like what was clearly a cabin at one point uh, in, the, in the BC interior and we had a little pot belly stove that had one of those heat up irons that you would like lay on the stove and it would heat it up and that's how you'd fucking mm-hmm. iron those, right? So you had a collection of those? Yeah, I had a collection of those amongst some like really cool like old fondues and um, and antiques, sideboards, armoires, um, bedroom dresses, uh, lamps, um, yeah, a whole a whole bunch of stuff that Barkers. I just I had actually one of the most annoying one of the most beautiful but annoying pieces of furniture to move was this five piece three door uh, Edwardian um, uh, uh, what's it called wardrobe. So these big massive doors that had the big base. Did you say how many what how it many had pieces? Three doors on it. Three doors. Yeah, and it was all hand. Um, hand uh engraved jesus um with mirrors in it then the middle part had drawers all in it and the drawers are all like uneven sizes all dovetailed had the original brass handles on it i I bought it and i did it up gave it a little bit of love um but this thing came in five pieces anyway the the funniest story um and i went through this moving moving company three times and every time they'd see their my name pop up they'd rock scissors papers for who's I was gonna, gonna say this job i'd hate to be the insurance yeah. adjuster for that fucking company anyway so i actually moved into this beautiful apartment in uh a bayside suburb called st kilda right i have the postcode tattooed on me in in roman numerals actually i got huh. just burned up before I, I thought if something happens to me i've got the postcode tattooed on me so you know where to send me back to right um so this anyway, is before this that was, was before you moved here yeah that was just before I moved here. I got the tattoo done. But anyway, nice. so I moved into this beautiful apartment um, on Beaconsfield Parade. And um, this overlooked the Elwood Beach and it looked downtown onto St. Kilda. And uh, it had, but it was a 1920s building. Right. And it had oh, these stairs gorgeous. with a gradient on them that would give Mount Everest the chills. Right. And the stairs, may I say, were kind of worn. And they weren't overly wide, and we had to get this five piece. Oh, no. But it was the big pieces in the middle of, you know, that they had to slot into the base yeah. that they had to get up these stairs. Anyway, um, I had these two wonderful gents who uh, who saw this piece and then looked at the stairs when they got to the place and were like, "How the fuck are we going to get it up there?" And uh, they did miraculously, and it was like thirty six degrees on the day that I was moving. So you know that really helps. Um, and then hilariously enough, when I moved out of the place a year later, it was the same two guys and they turned up <laughs> they to the lost front of the, the house fucking game. and I opened the door and they went, Oh <sighs> shit. Do you still have that? And they remember, they said they, they, and so I got that moving company again. And when my name would come up, they would rock scissors paper <laughs> who, who was going to go and, go and, and move all my sweet furniture. Fuck. So yeah, I have, uh, and I've Wh- kind But of- why, like, why furniture? Like, cause you- I've known you for a minute, uh, and you don't strike me as that person that's, like, going to collect stuff. Okay, it's not about collecting stuff. I think, for me, um, it's the nostalgia that strikes. Okay. Um, and So, like, you look at the piece and you see, like... I see a story. Okay, fair. That's I, you know I get what? that. And it's kind of the same way that, you know, I treat almost the beer and and the people around the industry and what we do it's the nostalgia and it's the story it's not necessarily about the product itself or what's inside that glass or mm-hmm. or what that piece of furniture is made of for me it's like the story of where it's come from um and i and my mum i guess it comes from a, a family my mum loved antiques okay um and my grandfather's oh, house a familiar had thing. antiques um, well, what was modern furniture yeah. then, but, um, you know, and, and that's part of the nostalgia for me as well. It's part of my childhood and, and right. it takes me back to those places. And I just have a real great appreciation for huh. the craftsmanship that's also gone into those. They were hand done. Yeah. It was handmade. Like, like the, I, one of the things when I, when I look at furniture, um, in thrift stores or op shops is I pull a drawer out and I, I, I look to see if it's hand dovetailed. Right. 
you know, huh. which is which is a, like a little bit of a pulls a little bit of a heartstring for me because <laughs> somebody bad. sat there and, and hand did that. You know, they put themselves into that piece of work. And it's the same thing with beer for me. You know, like people who put themselves into the product that they make, that goes such a long way. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, It's what you say about you, like growing up in a place where you're surrounded by antiques. And like as a child of uh, two people who were never married in the first place uh, and having not really grown up in one spot, uh, my grandparents' house that he built mostly by himself like Mm -hmm. uh it's three generations of slingsby's have spent time in that house and like so dad talked about knocking it down to the studs and like clear it out like you can't like don't you can't change things in here like fuck you Mm -hmm. don't don't do that i was Mm -hmm. like why do i feel so strongly about that because like because you've never lived anywhere for more than like five years at a time i was like oh yeah um so, in, in case you're wondering why you should give a shit what Christina has to say, like, because <laughs> we just kind of rolled into it because I wanted to hear about fucking antiques, which fascinated me, uh, is, so, Christina, like, would you call us cohort? Like, how do you describe, because it's, the, the rep community is very tightly knit, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's unlike any other, I guess I've never really been a part of another business, but any other, like, grouping of people who do the same thing? Um incestuous um <laughs> no never never piss in your own pool never piss in well, your own pool always marry a muggle not necessarily even physically incestuous but i think that there is a nature where we all sometimes do can uh live out each other's live out of each other's pockets yeah um it's a very it, it's a very collaborative um it community, is for it's sure. a young community too yeah it's it's super collaborative um it can also be super toxic in some other ways as well. It uh-huh. can be quite um, uh, polarizing at times too. Um, as, as far as industries like that, I mean, I've worked in um, some really interesting ones over the course of my working years. My, my first ever, oh, do you want to, hey, interesting story. <laughs> my first ever job at 14 years old, nine months. So the legal day that I was able to get a job in Australia, which is 14 years old, nine months, well, I went out and I got a job. Why the extra nine months? I have no fucking idea. But it's but in the law, it's 14, 14 years and, and nine months. months. Huh. So I went out on that day, I'm 14 years, and when I got 14 years and nine months, I counted a day on the calendar and I went out and got myself a job at a second. Okay, so it was a, a grocery chain store called Not Quite Right. So it was all the like dented cans and all that sort of stuff. And I went and got a job <laughs> as a registered as a registered chick at right. packing shelves. Um, but working from that that day forth, um, you know, I was a ski instructor. I owned my own Pilates and personal training business. Um, the ski instructing one was really interesting. Is that here or do you... Uh, that was in Australia. Yeah, that I had the business. Y'all can ski out, out down there? We have five resorts unbeknownst to uh, most people, um, which is which is where I fell in love with snow. Right. Um, I mean, even more so that industry because we, we live on a hill mm-hmm. over there in the same room in bunks or dorms. Yeah, because that's um, how I know you is as a reformed ski bum who went and yeah. got herself a real job. Yeah, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I kind of had a real job and a business before I right. went into doing that. I, I went off and traveled and um, went off to explore at the age of 26. Nice. So Smart. I'd already kind of had a real job as such. I'd already had my own business. Right. Um, so, you know, that I th- that community, I think, was, as far as the ski industry community, was very, very similar to the one that we have, That's- although we're kind of adults yeah, now, more so bit, than you would have been so then. who aren't living in staff accommodation, most of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, Some of it may seem a little bit like a frat house. And staff accommodation is like, living in dorms is a special experience, regardless of if it's for school or for work. or It just, it adds an extra layer of shit totally. to that to those kind of relationships i'm gonna make a little segue here um i'm really kind of upset that i'm on the last bit of this beer I yeah have more in the car but i also have those other brews out there um oh, which we should probably all right <laughs> you know how long it's been since we did a beer tasting on this show absolutely okay so well while you go i'm gonna just go probably through what we're drinking right now um 
I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna do the thing. Uh, so this is so. What we didn't mention is I actually um, sales community lead for Freehold Brewing, and uh, I'm super proud of of these guys and what they're doing. But fresh off the canning line this morning is our 2019 spring seasonal, um, which is our airmail IPA and a Belgian IPA. And I've wanted to do a Belgian IPA for so long. So this kind of, uh, this kind of warms, warms my heart as well as warms my belly and makes my taste buds happy. Um, but it's got that beautiful, uh, Belgian, like uh, phenolic that's kind of thrown off it and a little bit of that bubble gum and a lot of like orange zest and gooseberry, um, it it's making my heart very 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 happy right now but i'm down to the last little sips and i'm trying to savor it thankfully though i did bring a stash um in a cooler which i like to call an esky um a what an esky an esky an esky which is the brand name of the cooler in australia and we call them eskies uh i guess so but this is the this is my Canada malting uh, esky. It's fancy, fancy like my tattoo. It's fucking heavy. <laughs> That's what it is. Eskies. It's full of goodies. I love it. I love that you have a language that is English yet not English. Should we move on to the retrospectum pale out by uh, Cabin Brewing? Load it up, dear friends down there. One of my. So does that mean the website's over? The website? Yeah. Uh, didn't Hayden used to run um, the Daily, the Daily beer. beer? I have. You know what? To be honest, I haven't checked in on that. I guess if I was a regular visitor, I would know if it was done or not. so long. Thank and you. that's probably something that I could ask him at Waitangi Day, which I believe is next weekend. And I'm going to show up to Waitangi Day with my Australian flag because, well, I can be a bit of a C word. Bit of a, a bit extra. <laughs> And when I say C word, I actually mean Christina. I can be a Christina. You um, you, you can say it on the show if you want to say it. Like I'm not going to tell you not there, to. You know what? There is a whole uh, song. You can't uh, say cunt in Canada. You can't say cunt in Canada. Um, but and you know a lot of people shriek, especially when it comes from a, a woman as well. Um, but you know, I'd I'd like to say Matt that you're a good cunt. Thank you. So you know you're not a shit cunt. Um, and it all comes down to the uh, to the T that you put on the end. Cunt. cunt. That's 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 not nice. That's horrible. That actually strikes a little bit of a nerve. I feel that sometimes people get so offended by a word. I think oh, I it, think with that, they're offended by much more than just the word. You, yeah, I, the premise behind it. Yeah. But not knowing the real premise behind it. Um, and, and I think the perception of that word really does change. Like, like why why are we so offended by that? are you asking me because like i don't it it doesn't target me so i can't i can't claim to speak mm-hmm. for why some that might upset somebody or why that might why they might feel that a word like that is doing some form of violence to them yeah like like what is it that is so upsetting i don't know i i think sometimes we but it's not just about, about the, the word context. in and of itself but context does matter but all of the context matters because mm-hmm. like here uh, it's more a word used in anger or in 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 violence yeah. or, or degradation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I can understand why some people don't, and I don't. I understand the concept that words don't inherently have any violent aspects to them, but like you said, context matters. Yep, context or context. Context matters. <laughs> well, Grant's gonna be so proud of me. <laughs> I just associated. Anyway, these are these are really good topics of conversation. I just associated my work with. Um, well, you know, I mean, I mean, this is this is real talk, and we're all adults, and mm-hmm. and we all should be open for healthy debate, whether that feel comfortable or not. And the more that we do feel uncomfortable, and the more that we feel challenged about something, the more that we can open up the diversity of our perception of things, and and maybe broaden our world and broaden the spot the scope of our world. So that's that's the way that I see it. Um, well, I'm glad that I'm... What did you say I was? A good cunt? You're a good cunt. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Being a shit cunt sounds like a terrible thing terrible. to me. Like, terrible. Terrible. Those are not two things that I want nah. associated in my mind. No. Nah, or in real life. 
Not at Re- all. Retro Spectrum? Yeah. I love the branding on this. It's beautiful. So it's that's all been done cans. by um, by Hayden's wife, Jill. Is that right? Yeah, who's a very, very talented human who actually, funnily enough, I hadn't seen in months and then twice in a week. I have uh, Twice in two days, actually, I happened to uh, to run into her. Um, but she's she's an amazing human, has done all their branding and, and it's spot on. It actually reminds me a bit of... Um, uh, Oh, God, I've just had a brain fart of the brewery. It'll come to me at 3 a.m. in the morning when I... As these things do. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'm going to leave that alone because I had that total brain fart of, of where I wanted to go with mm-hmm. that. Um, it's, yeah, it's got to, a real reminiscence to it. Uh, to me, it looks like... It looks like... Modern times. It's got a little modern times Yeah, okay. esque Yeah, the font. I could see that for sure. It. And I like I don't know if this is true of all of theirs, but the ones that I've seen feel to me like like you would see the bumper on uh, like a film from the eighties, like where you like be the neon like rainbow would arc across mm-hmm. or like feels like vintage yep. television. To- yeah, yeah, yeah. I get I get where you know you're I mean? coming from from a little bit of that, that two dot matrix. Yeah, and the like the kind of tan mm-hmm. and ba- like muted colors. Yeah, I like it. I kind of remember that. I don't know. <laughs> Explicit. Continue. This podcast may contain. Branding is such an interesting thing, and I loved the conversation that we uh, we had today, um, or this afternoon mm-hmm. um, at uh, where were we Woodwork? at Woodwork? Yeah. Um, regarding branding, and it was another thing that I had a conversation um, with colleague and old boss uh kirk mcdonald as well on last sunday about branding and and the brewing industry and how important important that part of our branding is how unique um some people have had no idea about their branding but having no idea about that branding has almost become has become part of of their has become their branding of their branding being all over the place um but not being their branding. But I think working into an industry now that's becoming so uh, aggressive, yeah. um, th- being really, really spot on and really, really intentional and deliberate about that is, is I think, going to be key to a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Especially yep. when everybody's moving towards that, like, 473 can format, which can make a label look really good, but there's no way to do cans that are any di- like you can't brand a can't like you can't have a like big rock bottles or big rock bottles right village mm-hmm. bottles or village bottles you can't do that to a can so it's all mm-hmm. uniform uh it's what you put on the outside of it that matters and when there's a wall of them you want to get some fucking attention yep yeah totally you want to have some of that consistency and, and congruity of where, where your eyes are going to be drawn to and the lines mm-hmm. upon which it's going to be drawn along right is it does do you have a focal point hmm you know, I think that's one of the things that, you know... A place that your eye is drawn immediately to. A place that to. your eye is drawn immediately to. A focal point. And I, um, like, so when I started university, uh, when I was fresh out of school, I went to a contemporary art school. All right. Um, I got in for a drama. Um, and no, but, you! Oh, just a little old me. My mother always says, thousands of dollars wasted in that talented little body and now you sell beer. Wait, um, can we put a pin in that for just a second? <laughs> I want to hear a little bit about, were you a performer? I danced from the age of three. Okay. And then I got into drama and um, did a lot of stage stuff. All right. And did some movies and... <laughs> a lot of fucking yeah, da. Um, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Was it a film or two? Um, yeah, did some fun things. And um, was quite good at it. Um, but you don't make money in an industry like that. And, I mean, you um, make a type of money. Yeah, I it's, wasn't... It's a lifestyle that you choose. It's a lifestyle. And um, I think called Bohemian I'm a for little a reason. too... Um, I mean, one of my girlfriends, uh, who was one of my best friends in Australia, she's gone on to live in L.A., and, um, you know, be in some, you know, semi-lead roles in films and, and whatever else. Mm. Um, for me, the lifestyle is too inauthentic. 
um, when it comes down to the people. I do things not necessarily because of the grunt work involved but because of that thing of that lifestyle and the people that you surround yourself with. And I wear my heart on my sleeve and and I'm the first person to admit that. I'm transparent as fuck. Um, and I believe in truth. You should have heard what she said to me before. I <laughs> um, and I believe in true authenticity and also compassion. Um, that's a that's a big one. And I think that that industry lacks a lot of that. Um, and it's just not something that um, I was drawn to in the end, even though I really love theatre and yeah. I was good at it. It's just was something that I couldn't see myself in. Hmm. in long term um so how did we delve down that little uh you were talking about going to university and then after after going in for a little arts program branding branding uh oh yeah art so so one of the subjects that we had to do was art um appreciation right and being able to look at a piece and so i was able to identify why yeah why people like things or why they're drawn to certain pieces of art kind of like pulling apart a beer um but i got to do that first and foremost and you're pulling apart movement and um breaking something down and and i got to learn the appreciation of looking at something and and appreciating where your eye was drawn to or where your eye wasn't drawn mm-hmm. to positive and negative space and um you know contrast of color and contrast of shape and line and all that sort of stuff even, yep. even though and i think that 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 is a huge part of can design and a huge part of visual merchandising that if you aren't getting professional help or you don't understand those yeah. concepts, you're really going to miss the ball coming into the market and not having that as as something that's a strong yeah. point of, of your brand. And like good looking, something that looks good isn't necessarily good branding, right? Correct. Like a, a good piece of art isn't necessarily a good piece of branding. And, Correct. And you can do both. Yep. Uh, you can do something really cool that's looks like a but there is a there is a distinction like their their mm-hmm. goals are both very different correct correct yeah and and i think you know looking when you go into uh into a store and and you're looking in the fridges or you're looking on mm-hmm. the shelves like what is what is your eye going what is your eye easiest easily easily drawn yeah. to you know uh do you have an answer for that like what do you what do you look for what um, catches your attention Okay. Something that's consistency, something that's not... So you're talking about family resemblance, like every... Family resemblance, when you've got all your skews lined up in a row. Skews. and Skews. Uh, so when you've got each of your styles and each of your beer cans lined up in a row mm-hmm. or stacked on top of each other and you've got that consistency. Um, and the consistency within the branding, within your typeface, within your color, within yep. your font, um, within the placement of images and words... Um, I think that that's really, really key. Mm-hmm. Um, if something's all over the place and you're kind of looking for something, but your eye's not drawn to something, mm-hmm. that that is what creates consumer confusion. Yeah. Right? And, 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 just and move bleeding on. and blending. Yeah. yeah. You'll move on to what you can yeah. pick up, what, 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 what does yeah, catch your attention. Easy. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's like I say, it, bottles come in all shapes and sizes. And cans all look the same. You got to make your cans look... Look distinctive if you want to catch some eye. Because I like walking into stores now and looking at shelves. You're like, wow. So that's a lot of straight lines. Like not on not necessarily on the label. It's just like it's it's a it's a little rows. Yeah, it's yeah. just a row of of the exact an identical piece of packaging that is only separated by what's painted on the outside. Correct, correct. And you know what? Some of those, some of the beer out there is may not necessarily. I mean, that's a whole different conversation I yeah guess. i don't th- i don't know if you know this we don't talk about beer on this oh okay <laughs> sorry oh. no we can continue to talk oh, okay. about it. it's fine um <laughs> you know it doesn't necessarily i mean we're all quite aware that um it's not the best product produced product necessarily makes the most successful product oh it's- yeah uh if you think we live in a meritocracy you're dreaming like right. yeah if you if you want me to believe that X, you know, whatever brand produces, top selling brand produces the best version of what it's making. You're mm-hmm. fucking dreaming. Totally. Um, no, for sure. It's, 
you uh, because we want a story like we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to see a story and what yep. you're what you're looking at. You want to yep. be able to connect with it. Totally. And that's, you know, that and I think, you know, getting back to that whole antiques thing for me that there's a personal connection that that that's been yep. owned and loved. It's seen stories, it's seen good days, it's seen bad mm-hmm. days. And, you know, kind of invoking that same thing with our produce, with our, our our drink, with our whatever. It's creating that personal connection to something that makes you want to pick that can up. Yeah. And and know the story behind it, it that makes you like want to buy it's it. It's part of your... It's it's not just something you're doing. Like, it's not a passive... Mm-hmm. It's not a... Pa- cons- cons- consuming it is not a passive activity. No. Uh, it's a... a, a I think you're thinking about it. You're... Yep. Well, sometimes we're not even thinking about it. It's a subconscious reaction. But what I mean is you're yeah. you're engaging with it, you're right? Like with you're, it. Yeah. it's definitely something you're actively involved mm-hmm. in, yeah. um, even if it's like reflexive. You're still yeah. And most people often than not don't even know that that's what they're doing. You know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So anyway, enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. So living in dorms, huh? <laughs> Yeah, living in dorms, you know, uh, getting pink eye. Um, you got pink eye in dorms? I never got pink eye Pink in eye in dorms, bed bugs. That was the other good one that would go through. Our mattresses were everything proof. Like, they were piss proof, they were fireproof, they were sleep proof. So, like, there was no <laughs> but bed bugs being got. Uh, uh, no, that was that was a thing. There was also, you know, if, if you're out at the bar and, you know, you, you got lucky that night, then you'd leave, uh, you'd leave a toque. On the door handle, we call them a beanie. You'd leave a toque on the door a handle, beanie? yeah. And then you'd, if you heard the, then you had fifteen minutes to like finish, finish her up <laughs> until your roommate. Fuck! <laughs> what would you need an extra fifteen minutes for? Like, what are you doing? But you never know at what point you're at, right? Then you got to find your clothes, and you know. I don't like my roommate in first year university. Like, he never fucked somebody while I was in the room, but he just like. He did exist as if I wasn't there, so <laughs> I just I got I spat my yeah, drink back into the charming. glass. Um, fuck, he got kicked out though, so I had the room to myself for like most of the year. It was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not something I miss though. Yeah. I can't imagine doing it as an adult with a job, like yeah, and not only just an adult with a job, um, adult with a job that is physically demanding on a day to day basis that involves teaching children and or adults, um, where you have to pay particular and special attention to um, safety yeah. in the outdoors and in um, what can be quick and ever changing conditions. Yeah. You know, this is why outdoor sports are for fucking idiots. Yarking off chairlifts has been a thing of my past. Uh, what? No <laughs> yakking. <laughs> no, it's more like a yark. yark. <laughs> um, playing, play, playing hide and seek with a group of kids while you puke in a bush. Uh, because like the game is invented to cover up the fact that you're vomiting. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, I had to play that game a couple of times. To oh, be honest, I wouldn't want to teach adults. To, I wouldn't want to teach anybody to ski. But um, you know what? It was. It's so rewarding in in the same as well. <laughs> it's super rewarding, um, and I loved it. And probably if I um, hadn't have uh, clicked over the age of thirty one and needed to decide where I was going to spend the rest of my life and or give myself options, I probably still would have been in yeah. in the industry. I did love it. It's not sustainable, though. Um, well, it depends. Or, again, it's a lifestyle thing. It's a like, lifestyle. If I you're going to do that, you maybe don't go on a like vacation every year. Like You, you take your fun in different ways and... I mean, I worked as a as a coach as well for Banff Alpine Racers, who get right. paid quite well, and um, I wasn't a lifty earning eight bucks or nine bucks an hour at at Sunshine Village. Um, <laughs> well done, Mister Schofield. Anyway, moving on. I won't get onto that. <laughs> um, that dates you more so than suggesting like when you moved here at thirty one, moving <laughs> when minimum wage was nine dollars. You know an what, hour. people are so afraid of their age and I'm really proud to say that in six weeks time I turn 37. I think okay. I'm pr- I think I'm pretty well preserved yep. and or pickled. 
Um, yeah, you're doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm yeah. doing. I'm doing just fine. So I'm okay with dating myself, um, and I guess in a sense, really dating myself because I'm not dating anybody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. Um, that could go in all different kinds of directions um but it's it really is a lifestyle and it's something that i would never change for the world without skiing um and i only picked it up as an adult um really you didn't come to skiing until adulthood i didn't start skiing until i was 22 23 i'm so i'm fascinated by people who take up activities or in like things late in life like so and later in life like something you didn't grow up with right interesting fact so i started uh ballet at the age of three when started tapping jazz along with my ballet at the age of six and six or seven and then did that right up until they did all three plus contemporary um right up until the age of 20 um jesus and then was an avid gym junkie, um, did long distance running. Because you do like MMA now, right? Or like Yeah, and then picked up... What do you do, BJJ or uh, Brazilian Muay Thai, boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, wrestling, MMA. Oh, so you really do do mixed martial arts, like all kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really training at the moment. I'd love to get in into the cage at some point, just... For shits and giggles and see how that goes. I mean, a sanctioned fight or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, just an amateur. I've done, you know, I've done some stuff in Thailand and um, had some Muay Thai and competitions and jiu-jitsu competitions. Um, and, but I picked up, so I picked up skiing at like the age of 22, 23, but I was still kind of right. running. I'm not, I'm not naturally a gifted athlete. Let me just put it out there. I am just stubborn and I know how to work hard. That's, that's yeah. the difference. And picking a well, part of movement. Well, you seem like a hustler, yeah, like somebody who hustles, right? Yeah. Like, and, r- and challenging yourself, right? Putting yourself in those uncomfortable positions of like, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing here. Wait, so when does fighting come in? Like, so you go from fighting. dance to skiing to fighting? Or? So funnily enough, I when I finished uh, dancing um, and I was like gym junkieing, um, right. I met a trainer, an Irish guy, um, who was a Muay Thai fighter. All right. And he was like, I was kind of like really bored with like lifting and running and whatever else. He's like, come over here and try this. And I was like, okay. And I said, he's like, uh, you should probably fight. And at the time I was doing some modeling and promotions work and I couldn't like bruise myself up. Um, so it was fun and I trained and I was super fit. And then I went off and started to ski um, I did that for five and a half years, 10 back-to-back winters between Australia, Japan, um, was in the States in between because I almost married an American. And um, that's how... Oh, that was the other story I wanted to That's how the whole beer thing happened, actually. So, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for my past. Um, and then Australia as well. So when I... Um, moved to Calgary to get my permanent residency, right. I was... I was like overweight. I was 170 pounds okay. on a little five three frame. I'd never been that weight before. I'd always been used to being super fit, and I was like, "How do I get really fit again?" And I was working um, for a recreation society, right. running their um, their fitness department, and I met um, Greg Alman, who became a really dear friend, and he was training with the ex national Muay Thai fighter. And I started training with them and, um, yeah, fell into it. And then Rob and Greg were both like, yeah, you should probably fight. And I was like, at that point, I was 32. Um, and I was like, ah, fuck it. What have I got to lose? Who am I here to prove something to? Yeah. And, And who have I, who have I got to impress at the end of the day? So, so yeah, so that was the next challenge. And now here we are. Five years later and, you know, it started off as boxing and then boxing moved into Muay Thai right. and Muay Thai moved into Jiu-Jitsu and Jiu-Jitsu moved into wrestling and that all has combined into training in MMA and Fuck. all of that. Yeah. So it's less that you just like adopted a habit as you just moved on to another, like say another challenge. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like... At 22, you're like, well, I'm just, I'm going to decide to ski. Like, I'm dancing and now I'm like, I need another 
thing to... Yeah. Yeah, the skiing thing just came actually by by accident um, through my Pilates. Um, so I had a Pilates business where I taught Pilates and personal training. Right. And one of my clients I became good friends with and they would go go away skiing. And they were going away with for a week with a group of adults, with a group of friends and said, hey, do you want to come? Hmm. And sick. you took to it that like, and like I went, that? Or? And I went... Sure. Like I'm kind of one of those people that instead of asking why, I kind of always say to myself, well, why the fuck not? You know? So I was like, okay, sure. I'll come up. And that was kind of the end of it. I kind of started sliding around on snow and was like, this is fun. Hmm. Oh yeah. Like you really picked it up that quickly? Like, Um, I don't know about picked it up that quickly. It was just fun. It was just another challenge. right. Right. Yeah. And I think once again, like I always kind of look to the next place of where I'm going to feel uncomfortable and a little bit out of my depth. And that's the place where I'm generally going to end up because, yeah. I I joke often about being like, like the day I missed with a ham with a mallet and broke a cask spigot and Neil made fun of me because he's like, didn't you grow up on a farm? I'm like, yeah, and I'm a constant disappointment to my father. Like, what do you want from me? So I joke about like disappointing him always. And that was like, I know that was a really big disappointment in him. He tried to teach me to ski in like one day. I was good at it for one day and then just pff, it all went to hell. And I know he was always pretty, pretty snowed about the fact that I didn't take to it. I don't know. I think if you become really good at something in one day, it's not worth doing. Yeah, fair. I wasn't good at it after that. Like it was, I was only good at it for one day. It yeah. wasn't like I was really good at it. I was good at it once, mm-hmm. and that was it. And I know he was always choked about Sorry, that. I'm, I'm burping. So. <laughs> whatever. Um, I used to cut belches into the intro, like when I, mm. back in the day when I was using a garage band bumper. I'll get one worked up. We'll you're never going to beat my wife. Well, She's incredible. Your wife, uh, your wife. Oh, perfect. Your wife is incredible, by the way. I know. I'm so taking her salsa dancing. Good. I'm glad. She, uh, so, like, do you know how much she loves that? Perfect. Uh, do you know that our... So, Kels and I dated once before we dated and got married. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Um when he uh, says, that, yeah, yeah, do that, it's the back to Dungaree high. Uh, that's a reference uh, I got. Double... I, I understand that joke. <laughs> I get yep. that reference. Um, so Kels and I dated shortly when she was shortly out of high school and I was in first year university. Like we're the same age, um, but we graduated a year apart. And like one summer we went on a few dates. Um, Sorry, that was a beautiful sound. No, it was a, a beautiful sound. sound. Um, but it didn't pan out. Like it just, it wasn't going to last. And then when I moved back to Calgary, after university we like started spending time together but our so what i what we refer to as our second first date was to go salsa dancing yep that's awesome we drank a lot of tequila so i'm hung up on a little part of your sentence there Hmm. um oh by the way your mum's fuchsia is rather large and old and quite interesting that christmas cactus yeah it's a fuchsia it's a Christmas cactus. It's a fuchsia. Anyway. Not here it's not, you <laughs> fucking foreigner. Um, that part of the conversation that you said, you know, we started dating, but um, it wasn't the time. Oh, no, it wasn't the time. It's so funny. Um, I had a conversation with a friend uh, the other day about timing. Um, it's everything. It's It, it really is everything. Yeah, and I, I had a I had a very sudden reminder of that of timing and meeting people on the weekend, and uh, if only it was in another yeah, oh, it was in another lifetime. I there are people in my life like I see an alternate universe where you and I are like married, we have a child, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there, it just didn't wasn't the right time yeah, it didn't just, there was there wasn't an alignment of where that that's going to happen yeah it was the same thing you know like traveling um uh i i met this i met another individual a couple of weeks ago actually at a, at a over a business lunch and uh he was telling me a story about how he met an australian girl recently and i was like oh i'm i'm really fucking sorry about that um <laughs> do you just apologize for <laughs> all australian women do you want you know, to make people, a blanket people, apology? People are scared about the snakes and spiders, but fuck the women. Um, 
Uh, anyway, so... But the women I can see coming. The spiders hide in my boots. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that sometimes. Um, so, yeah, he was like, you know, I met this Australian girl and, uh, you know, she was, she got, she got, she was separated, got divorced and she was going to do her eat, pray, love thing. And said, so, you know, I went over and visited her and uh, I think it was Mexico. Yeah. And, um you know, to see if there was feelings and, and whatever else. And, and she was like, oh, yeah, you know, there's feelings there, but I'm doing this. And he said, you know, and then I was packing my uh, my clothes and, and to leave. And I had a, had a you know, some diarrhea medication. And he said, oh, do you want to keep the diarrhea medication? Right beside it was a box of condoms. And she said, no, but you can leave the box of condoms. I was like, see, and that... <laughs> Whoa. But, you know, it's the timing. And, and I said, and he said, you know, and this whole thing was probably in another time, in another place, yeah. it would have worked. I was like, timing is everything. Totally. You know, I think I met the man that I was supposed to marry, but at the time I was traveling and I was not stopping yeah. for anyone. You know what I mean? Mm. I didn't move to Canada because, you know, most people when right? they say, what did you, oh, what was his name? Mm. It, wasn't his fucking name. It was what I wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I moved because I fell in love with the Rockies. I didn't move here because I fell in love with the man. Yeah. I came here because I like it, motherfucker. Yeah, I came here because I wanted to do it. Because I have goddamn agency (laughs) over my life. (laughs) (laughs) You asshole. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and you know, timing is is so... It is. It's so crude. And it's the same thing, you know, I kind of apply the same um, principles to business as well. You know, it's all about timing, when it's going to hit the market, mm-hmm. when you're going to put your your um, your marketing collateral out. Oh, that sales shit matters. And it's, it, it's all about timing and making sure there's a total synchronicity um, and symbiotic relationship between those actions. But you can't, with relationships and meeting people, you just sometimes can't, you can't predict that shit, right? You can't. Yeah, it's a really cool little philosophical yeah. conversation um, that I've had with myself many a times. Oh, it, it absolutely. Like, like I say, it absolutely matters. And once you make that decision, then you have to start. Oh, my God. Yeah, isn't that what great? Is in my mouth right now. That is f- fucking amazing. Isn't it good? Oh. So right now, this is the Dandy Brewing Company and Fernie Brewing Co. Um, back to Dungaree High. Now... Quebec? Quack. Quack. Uh, so Colin tells me it's quack, and I don't give a shit if he's wrong. That's what it is now. Okay. Uh, because now every time I drink this beer, the Back to Dungaree High, if, as long as we're plugging shit, um, <laughs> I think ducks fly to fucking gather. Ducks fly together. Okay, well, I, I don't have any... Um, and this is something because, well, I'm now going to go away and Google that shit. Um, Back to Dungaree High? No. Oh, the, quack yeast. Yeah, the the yeast, which I understand the premise, but um, I'm confused on the pronunciation of it. Anyway, and this yeast is Eldorado Galaxy and Citra, like up there are my top five favorite hops um, beside a good old Melly Savon. Can you spell it? Yes, I can. It's K-V-E-I-K. Do we have a Google pronounce pronunciation? Uh, <laughs> a Google pronunciation. Can you please put that oh, in a sentence? Yeah, hang on, hang on. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> pronunciation here. Oh, okay. Hang on. Hang on. He said he's got it here, people. Hold Quake. on. Quake. 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 Yeah, because... Yeah, okay. I- I like it less now. Quake. <laughs> okay. Uh, quake. Uh, but I think the, the benefits of that yeast are commercial, not for, not on the palate. I think it works faster. Like it, Oh, it, it definitely works faster. It definitely, at the temperature that it ferments at, is it's crazy it's fast. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And the origins of it is quite interesting as well. Um and but it can go horribly wrong all in the same. Oh, is that so right? No, it can go it's very, very high risk, high wrong. reward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it can go really horribly wrong really quickly. Uh. So it's been done so well. That's amazing. But I mean, you know, I still remember when Dandy. Uh, I was there on their opening day in the industry party, and I actually wasn't really. I was kind of industry-ish at the time. Were you making tights? Fun. 
No, I was. Oh, I guess that would have been I after. I was with Craft Beer Market, actually, on 10th. Oh, that's right, because yeah. you used to be a bartender. I just got my, uh, my, um, my Canadian residency, and uh, I'd started studying for a Cicerone, and I'd done some stuff already over in the States, and blah, 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 blah. And uh, um, good friend Jeremy McLaughlin, who I love to death, um, who I met actually through his girlfriend, Sarah, um, who's one of my best friends um, through some Calgary connections. And turns out, like, Jeremy and I met each other and, and you know, it was kind of love at first sight because you're a dipshit and <laughs> he is a gem of a human. Um, anyway, and he was like, you should come to Dandy uh, to the opening. And I walked in and I looked at the brewery. I was like, good fucking luck, guys. Like, wow. Oh, I miss that place so much. Good fucking luck. It was and punk it was so, as fuck. Yeah, it was, it was Frankenstein as fuck. Actually, I saw some stuff in Australia when I was there not long ago. Um, old old dairy equipment oh, yeah. being Frankenstein together for brewing equipment. Some of the stuff I saw was phenomenal. Um, but yeah. Do you guys not have MacGyver in Australia? MacGyver, I know exactly okay. who you're talking about. Yeah, it was that's that, I've always, like, you it call it Frankenstein. I it always was, called it MacGyver. MacGyver. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, I still remember saying, you know, wow, good luck, you know, like. This, this, Ooh, the whole, classic fermenters. Ooh. Ooh. Derek tells, a, Derek tells a great story about like consistently customers would come in and have a few have a flight and then like, oh can I see the brewery and when they look at it they see the plastic fermenter they're like does that affect the taste of your beer and it's like you fucking just drank four it. fucking five ounce pours of it you yeah. tell me yeah they they proved so many people wrong it was so beautiful to see their their growth and that really was a dandy one to me was really a, a little home and it was a special place yeah and i'd walk up you know up the path and by the time that i'd got my myself inside and put my bum down on the the seat i had my cheese was there and and the dandy sour already in front of me so mm-hmm. you know it was a it was it was really a little institution um and they they paved some way so this is beautiful yeah. to see see this beer and i'm going to drink the shit out of this it's really good it's fucking delicious nine percent be careful oh be careful danger is my middle first and last name <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to put a pin in that right there. But rest assured, there is plenty more to come. Part two of our conversation with Christina next time on Drink This Podcast. Until then, uh, we want to say thanks to the folks who support us over on Patreon. We know you have a choice of where you throw your entertainment dollars, and we appreciate that you want to throw them at us. If you, too, want to throw your entertainment dollars at us, patreon.com slash sd studios patreon.com slash sd studios where for as little as two dollars you can uh contribute a little jingle to support the show uh you can also hit us up twitter instagram facebook at drink this pod as well as drink this pod at gmail.com until next time i have been matt and we will drink with you again soon